that. Well, well, well. What a freaking weekend we had here, isn't it? Oh my goodness. And with that, welcome one and all to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. When I last left you, the show was on a little bit of a sour note, I guess you could say, where one of Logan's childhood favorite players, one of Manchester United's greatest ever players, was about to join one of their biggest rivals, Manchester City, in a shock move from Juventus. And I, safe to say, myself and along with hundreds of thousands of other Manchester United fans out there, were really upset. Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest players we have ever seen, one of, greatest, one of Manchester United's greatest ever players, was going to join the hated neighbors, Manchester City, which Alex Ferguson belovingly called them the noisy neighbors. And then Friday morning came. Thursday night, it was nailed on to happen. Fabrizio Romano was posting all these things about Cristiano Ronaldo joining up with Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. And then Friday morning comes. that <laughs> We have a completely different reign of... Or not very, I don't know what you want to call it. I'm just too really excited right now to really understand what really happened on Friday of just not what we were told was going to happen. A, like, complete 180-degree switch from Manchester City to Manchester United, and I, for one, could not be happier. He left Manchester United 12 years ago. 12 years ago, I was 11. Okay? I was 11 years old. And let me just say this, 11-year-old Logan is very, very happy right now. And I know you're sitting there going, Logan, I thought you hated Cristiano Ronaldo because you think Messi's better. Just because I think Messi is the GOAT, and rightfully so, does not mean I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo was one of the main reasons myself and a lot of other American kids out there started watching Manchester United. They were one of the only teams on TV for a significant period of my childhood, and Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, and others were the main reasons why they were on TV as much as they were. And now... Cristiano Ronaldo is coming back to Old Trafford, and I'm happy this happened. Before, When we got done talking about Manchester, or Cristiano Ronaldo going to Manchester City, it was basically along the lines of, United, you cannot let this happen. You have to come through with a bid to get Ronaldo over the line to Manchester United. That was basically what it ended up being. I'm mad at Ronaldo for willingly going to Manchester City, and I'm mad at Manchester United for not at least pushing like $30 million out or whatever the fee was, to get Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't care if he's 36 years old. He's still Cristiano Ronaldo. Look at Zlatan still balling out for AC Milan. Like, <laughs> these players now are defining the boundaries that we once thought of ages. Tom Brady in the NFL, LeBron James in the NBA, Ronaldo and Zlatan in soccer, Yamir Yager in hockey. Like, you have all these older players defining the age Gaps where we think these players are going to start dipping at some point, and they just never really do. And Ronaldo, like we've talked about before, has not had the success that was expected of him when he went to Juventus from Real Madrid. Finishing fifth in Serie A behind Inter Milan that had two Manchester United rejects and Alexis Sanchez and Ashley Young on their squad. Now some could throw in, you know, Romelu Lukaku might technically be a Re Manchester United reject, but... They made a profit on the original sale. So, I mean, it's not really a reject. It was more of Lukaku didn't fit the system. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was going to run at Manchester United, which says very fluid forward line where forwards can play every position along the front three or front four. Like, you know the forwards Manchester United have right now. Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood, Martial, and now Ronaldo. All of those guys can play along the front three. Fernandez, Pogba, we can include them in there. Pogba's played a few games for Manchester United on the left wing. Like, they can do it. Cavani at PSG when Zlatan was there played on the left wing. Like, these players can all rotate around these different positions, which Lukaku cannot really... I'm not... Well, I shouldn't say cannot. He doesn't do it as well as the players we just mentioned that are at Manchester United. And I don't think he's complaining too much. He had a lot of success at Inter Milan, won the Scudetto, which is the Serie A championship and then made a massive move back to England with the club that originally brought him to England in Chelsea. Okay? Like, I don't think he's really complaining all too much. He's the most expensive soccer or football player of all time in regards to total transfer fees accumulated over his career. Moved from Chelsea to Everton, then Everton to Man United, Man United to Inter, Inter to Chelsea, and we include Anderlecht 
to Chelsea. Big money moves for Romelu Lukaku, and he's a great player. Great, great player. But yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, his Juventus stint was not what we thought it would be. And I saw this on, uh, I think it was Twitter, Messi winning Copa America sent shockwaves throughout the rest of the soccer world. That moment when he and Argentina beat Brazil in the Copa America final, shockwaves were sent throughout the world of soccer or football. Not only did Messi win his first international trophy, but he was also about ready to leave Barcelona. He was a free agent. Barcelona are millions upon billions of dollars in debt. Can't afford him. Gerard Piquet took a 60% pay cut to stay at Barcelona, or at least to afford the players' fees to get them registered for the league. They couldn't even afford registration fees for the likes of Aguero, Depay, and Eric Garcia, and Emerson, who they just brought back from Real Betis. And then Messi's gone, going to PSG. And then, like, a few weeks later, Mbappe's talking about going to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid lose Sergio Ramos. Gianluigi Donnarumma goes to PSG. For free. PSG's got a shitload of free transfers. (laughs) And then once Mbappe gets linked with Real Madrid, then Ronaldo's linked with the move to Manchester City. Like, what the hell? And now he's back at Manchester United. I saw this tweet. I don't remember who it was from exactly. I've got to try and find it. Do I have it in my screenshots? Apparently, I do not. But it was something along the lines of he talked to a bunch of former players or former teammates, and it was like basically he switched his mind because of the fact his legacy at Manchester United would forever be changed if he were to go to Manchester City. Everything he accomplished at Manchester United was all for naught if he signed that contract with Manchester City. That is what it was. And we said that exact same thing Thursday going on Friday's show. That if Ronaldo joins Manchester City, everything he did at Manchester United is done. It's over with. This isn't like Ashley or Andy Cole or Casper Schmeichel going to Manchester City when they were at the bottom of the Premier League battling to not win titles, just to stay in the Premier League. They weren't challenging Manchester United. Now with Ronaldo joining Man City at this time, that is basically just fighting to keep United from winning trophies. That's what this is about. They got rich around the same time Ronaldo left Real Madrid. When all Manchester United players were not going there other than Carlos Tevez, you know how fans feel about Carlos Tevez. When they got money, that's when the narrative switched of, wow, you do not do that. Now, I know Dennis Law also played there as well and relegated Manchester United back in the 60s or 70s. But this is a time where Manchester City have the richest owners in the world of soccer. The richest, number one. Manchester United has the best team they've had since arguably Cristiano Ronaldo left. Manchester City have been keeping United from winning trophies ever since pretty much 2013 when United won their last Premier League title. And now Ronaldo's joining them. Who is going to make sure and do his best because Ronaldo's not, no, he's not a sucker. (laughs) Ronaldo is a competitive SOB. Ronaldo is not going to go to Man City and go, okay, well, I'm going to take a day off against Manchester United. No. He's going to go to Man City and then ball out against every team he needs to to, in order to help him and his team win. That's what Ronaldo is. So him going to City would willingly taking trophies or possibility of trophies away from Manchester United. And that legacy that we talk about, which is winning his first Ballon d'Or, having an insane few seasons of the Premier League, being the best player on planet Earth at the time, winning a Champions League, winning Premier Leagues, talking about Sir Alex Ferguson the way you do, and then joins Man City. All gone. You can just take a giant marker and X that thing out from the record books. No Manchester United fan in their right mind will consider Cristiano Ronaldo in that bracket of greatest ever players, and it has nothing to really do what he did with Manchester United. It has everything to do with the move that he almost made to Man City. Now we can forget about that. Because he is going back to Manchester United. And I've said this numerous times. I think the best overall uh, Cristiano Ronaldo we ever saw was at Manchester United. We're talking about creativity, goal scoring. He actually scored free kicks that time. (laughs) That was my favorite Ronaldo. Not the one. I like Ronaldo. 
I'm not saying he's not one of the greatest players of all time. But back then, I think we had an argument between him and Messi, and then now Messi is still doing the same things over the past years. Ronaldo has refined his game to be more of a goal-scoring threat, has switched more from being a winger, started at Manchester United as a right winger, then moved to left winger, and then now plays as a striker. So in Manchester United's system, we're expecting them to stick with the 4-2-3-1 with Ronaldo as the main number nine. And Rashford's still out with a shoulder injury. So you're going to have Mason Greenwell on the right, Jane Sancho on the left. And that is a title-winning front line right there. Even with Rashford out. And then when defensively, Raphael Varane made his first start for Manchester United along with Jane Sancho today against Wolves. And Manchester United won one nothing. Rafael Varane getting an assist. And now Ronaldo is coming in. For pennies, comparatively to how big of a player he is. I think Arsenal just got Martin Odegaard for $30 million. I think Manchester United got him for $15 million plus some additional add-ons. Now, I don't have that exactly. They're making the announcement official. Now, they have posted on social media. Their Instagram and Twitter accounts have both posted that he is a Manchester United player. The medical is taking place, I believe, either Monday or Tuesday. I heard something today while watching the Manchester United versus Wolves game that they're going to start printing Real Madrid or, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo jerseys. They're not selling anything with Cristiano Ronaldo. But the problem is, this is weird. This is one of the weirder things in the summer in general. Messi going to PSG and is not wearing number 10. He's wearing number 30, which is the number he first wore when he was at Barcelona. Cristiano Ronaldo and Jadon Sancho go to Manchester United, both wanting the number seven jersey. Edison Cavani has it. And since Cavani has already registered his jersey number this season, Jadon Sancho is perfectly fine sticking with 25. Cavani's registered seven now. (laughs) So Ronaldo can't get number seven. There's no way around it. There might be some loophole because it is Cristiano Ronaldo. They might be able to work something out there. But he's not wearing seven. The most logical number for Cristiano Ronaldo to wear is 28. That was the number he originally wanted at Manchester United, but Sir Alex Ferguson told him, no, you're wearing the number seven jersey. And we all know what happened after he got the seven jersey because that's been synonymous with Cristiano Ronaldo. CR7, that's his whole brand. That's what you know Cristiano Ronaldo as. You see number seven, most of you think of Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, if you grew up around the same time I did, you think of like J.P. Lossman. (laughs) But no, you think of like David Beckham. David Beckham wore number seven for Manchester United. He was the guy that Ronaldo was supposed to re- was re- supposed to replace. And then you would say, he did more. He probably did a little more than David Beckham. Now, if we're talking about global stars, they're probably fairly equal. Because my grandma has watched probably two soccer games in her entire life and knows exactly who David Beckham is. I guess you could get the same thing with Cristiano Ronaldo, but if we're talking about player, it's, I mean, it's not really a competition, is it? Ronaldo's much better than David Beckham. But we're talking about like global brands, global superstars outside of the game itself. They're probably neck and neck. Both are bigger than Messi and we're talk- when we're talking about global brands, not the players. Messi's clear of both of them, but as global brands, those two are higher. I'm not saying Messi's not popular or anything. My- Messi's got one of the most highest Instagram followers of all time. I don't even think he has a Twitter account. So that kind of narrows it down as that as well. But man, Messi at PSG and Ronaldo at Manchester United. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I saw something on, uh, where was this, Instagram or Twitter the other day. It was like, Messi goes to PSG, goes to the Farmers League. Oh my goodness. And Ronaldo going to the best league in the world. That's my goat. You're going to say the same. The two teams that could have Messi were PSG and Man City. We were going to say the same thing regardless. (laughs) was, oh, he's going to the richest club in England. Oh, my God, such trying times for Lionel Messi. Oh, going to PSG. Oh, my God, he's not doing anything. He's just going to win. Do nothing there. It's just the easiest league ever, not my GOAT. Oh, Ronaldo, thank you for going to all the richest clubs in their respective countries, apart from PSG, which is where you were probably going to go if Messi didn't go there. Oh, my goodness. And I mean that in the lightest of judgment because now he's a Manchester United player. And I talked about this. The 11-year-old me is very, very excited right now. And I am extremely happy Cristiano Ronaldo's back. I was doubt to have my worst Friday in a very long time if Cristiano Ronaldo went to Manchester City. That was going to be a terrible-ass Friday. 
if Cristiano Ronaldo put pen to paper and signed with Manchester City. But good thing he didn't. And this puts Manchester United as one of the, if not the favorite, to win the Premier League title this year. Like, if you look at the complete team of Manchester United, the one position that has question marks around Manchester United is that defensive midfielder. Fred, McTominay, Matic. There's a lot of question marks regarding that. Fred's not very good. McTominay's a really good squad player and not a natural number six, and Matic has no legs left in him. He's very slow. And he doesn't have the amount of legs to make up as being a lone number six. You're going to play in that back, that midfield two like you've seen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer play throughout his time at Manchester United. But defensively, how many teams in the Premier League have a back line can, as strong as Manchester United's based off current form? Juan Bissaka, Riveran, Maguire, Luke Shaw, who was one of the, if not the best player, if England won the tournament, if England won Euro 2020, there's a real chance Luke Shaw could have been player of the tournament. But since England obviously did not win it, it's hard for him to get a player of the tournament. Then you have to play like freaking out of your mind or be an insane underdog to win that. Like Luka Modric in the 2018 World Cup, you had Messi in 2014. I think Messi's won every individual award in the Copa America, even when he's lost. Oh man, exciting times! And Mbappe to Madrid will be ridiculous. Now, he's going to be the poster boy of Real Madrid's transformation because, again, like we've talked about with Barcelona, Real Madrid are in their own financial troubles right now. And if they were smarter, I would say, why not just wait a year? Because Mbappe will be on a free next year because he's already said he's not renewing his contract with the PSG. You have no money, yet you're going to try and buy him now instead of waiting till next year where you can get him... For the cost of a bottle of water. Less than a bottle of water. You can go get tap water. And that's what you're paying for killing Mbappe. Nothing. Pennies. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. No, you're just paying wages at that point and agent fees. That's about it. Why are you going to pay the $200 million thing now when when killing Mbappe has said he's not re-signing and has also said his dream club's Real Madrid? So if he wants to come there anyways... Wait, <laughs> he's not leaving. He, he's under contract right now. He can't do anything unless a club comes in with a massive-ass bid. And he said he only wants to play for Real Madrid. That's been the team that it seems like he's always wanted to play for. He had pictures of Ronaldo on his wall growing up. Like, that seems to be the only team he wants to play for. Is that Real Madrid. And it's like... La Liga will find some stupid way to let Real Madrid get away with this because that's just Real Madrid. You, if, you can't, if you're La Liga, you just signed a big deal with ESPN. Your two biggest players ever in the history of the league, Messi and Ronaldo, are not playing in your league anymore. And Barcelona are willingly starting Martin Braithwaite at left wing. That's the standard we have right now in La Liga. Now, Memphis Depay, great player. Kareem Benzema, great player. Not Messi and Ronaldo. Nowhere near. Like, is Kareem Benzema honestly the face of La Liga right now? You'd probably say him, Memphis, and then, I don't know, Luis Suarez, I guess, is still there. Do we consider him the face of La Liga? Jao Felix, I think they're going to like to push that thing forward more, that he's the face of La Liga. Even though it's, we don't really know how good he is. We've been told he's really good, but we just haven't really seen it that much. But the amount of times I've been told Jao Felix is really good <laughs> I've uh, hasn't really popped up for me that often. But yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, I would expect, makes his debut in about two weeks. He's going to want to go through, or at least starting debut. He might be on the bench for the game next weekend, maybe. Or actually, I don't know how the schedule's working out right now. An international break might be coming up this weekend, actually. Hold on. Go to September 4th. I'm trying to see when, like, I think there's international stuff going on this weekend. Because the United States is going this week. Yeah, okay. So international stuff's going on this week. So two weeks is when we'll see Cristiano Ronaldo, regardless. Whether it's on the bench or as a starter. You'll see him play for Manchester United. He'll be playing for Portugal. Bruno Fernandes was a big reason why he came over here. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer played with a young Cristiano Ronaldo when he first made the move to Manchester United. And now he's back. 
and I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very, very happy. Like you watch Manchester United now, they've they're really fun to watch. Beat Wolves won nothing today. Mason Greenwood's freaking insane right now. They just have the longest record of unbeaten away wins or unbeaten road games in like 28 games or something, the longest in English football history. Like that's ridiculous. They're a fun team to watch. Settled at the back. De Gea made a massive save today against Wolves. And, yeah, now they get Ronaldo back. This is insane. This is what you hope for when a team that hasn't won a Premier League title since 2013. And I know that might not seem like a long time for a few people out there. For a club the size of Manchester United, that's crazy. That's like the New England Patriots under without Tom. Like the New England Patriots not winning another Super Bowl for the next eight years. That would be crazy to think about. Absolutely ridiculous to think about. But that might be the reality we're in because there's a lot of damn good teams in the AFC. But yeah, Ronaldo's back. Ronaldo's back at Manchester United. I'm excited to see what happens with Messi at PSG, who's on the bench today for PSG. Kylian Mbappe has scored a goal. Messi is on the bench for PSG. one nothing over Rems right now. You have Di Maria, Mbappe, and Neymar starting along the front line. Yes, we are getting closer and closer and closer to seeing them play for their new teams, which is going to be weird. But you know what? It's good to have Ronaldo back. <laughs> I'll never forget, I was in the car, driving to soccer, riding to soccer practice, when we heard on the radio that Ronaldo is officially going to Real Madrid. Heartbreaking stuff. One of your favorite players of all time on your favorite teams going to another team. You don't like to hear that. But it was it was coming. Like, they convinced him to stay an extra year after the win against Chelsea in the Champions League final, and then they lost to Barcelona in the final in 2009. And then he went to Real Madrid. Like, it had been coming that he was going to Real Madrid, but it just, it still hurt, even though you knew it was coming and it expected to happen. It's like Chris Bryant. I knew he was going to get traded. I've accepted that for the past two years, and it still hurt when he left. That was the same thing with Cristiano Ronaldo. It was about a year and a half. They knew he was going to leave. They kept him staying. They got him staying there, and then he left the next year, and it still freaking hurt. But you know what else hurts to some people, but not to me? No, 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 not to me. And a lot of other Iowans out there. That is Nebraska sucking ass at football. Oh, my goodness. What an adjustment. Man. College football is back, baby. College football is back, and oh my goodness, it was friggin' awesome. I sat down and watched almost every... Now, I missed some of it because we went to go get lunch at halftime, so I missed some of the third quarter. But I sat my happy ass down and watched Manchester... (laughs) Oh, jeez. I'm combining soccer and football. Nebraska versus Illinois. And Fox Sports slam dunked on every single Nebraska fan out there and just Nebraska's athletic department in general. Worst win percentage, Nebraska head coaches, minimum of three seasons. Scott Frost, 37.5 win percentage. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn impressive right there. Let's look at, oh man. this. So I'm. we've talked about the fantasy football league I'm in. A lot of Iowa State fans, a lot of people don't agree on their favorite teams in that league, but we're all from Iowa, and we're all go- we all went to Johnston, so we have differences of opinions when it gar- regards to Iowa and Iowa State. Johnston is a very near John Deere, Iowa State obviously very big in agriculture, so they have a lot of Iowa State people at Johnston High School, at least they used to, I guess I don't know about now, but there are some Iowa fans, and I was one of them, so we get in arguments every once in a while, but one thing that connects Iowa fans and Iowa State fans more than anything is watching and loving Nebraska sucking ass at everything. It is beautiful. Beautiful. Chef kisses everywhere. I loathe Nebraska. I hate Nebraska. The state and the team, more than a lot of things out there. And I don't hate a lot of things. So that's a testament to how much I hate Nebraska. And Scott Frost. Now, I... I wish no firing on anybody. So I wish Scott Frost will stay at Nebraska for as long as he so pleases. 
And Adrian Martinez, why don't you add another 10 years to your college career? Why don't you stay there a little bit longer? I enjoy watching you guys do stuff. <laughs> I love watching Scott Frost coach. I love Adrian Martinez attempting to play quarterback. It's kind of like the, well, who's the quarterback name? Armstrong, Tommy Armstrong. And he threw like five interceptions against Iowa a few years ago or something like that. That was enjoyable. Most frustrating Nebraska quarterback I ever watched was Taylor Martinez because he was freaking good and I hated him. He had a stupid-ass throwing motion as well. Adrian Martinez doesn't really have a weird throwing motion, but he's not very good. I remember he came in as a freshman and everybody told us how good he was. Hell, it was like every year he was a dark horse Heisman candidate. And now that's a running joke along Iowa people of make sure to get your Adrian Martinez Heisman votes in now because <laughs> you don't want to get, might as well bet on him now because you don't want to bet on him when the odds aren't really that great for you to win a lot of money. Get him in now. And after Sunday, Saturday, good Lord. Yeah, get your bets in for Adrian Martinez winning the Heisman now. You can put $5 down and probably win a million dollars betting on Adrian Martinez winning the Heisman right now. Good Lord. I love watching Nebraska football. <laughs> and I'm a big Illinois guy, okay? Big, big time Illinois fan right here. So I was cheering on them, fighting a lion. I was big Brett Bielema guy as well. That big, big Brett Bielema guy. And uh, yeah, I was enjoying myself. My friend Noah and I, who's also an Iowa fan, were watching this game and we high fived at random points throughout the game and we're crying, laughing at some of the points throughout the game. Good Lord. I remember in high school, there was a quarterback for Utah State named Chucky Keaton. I don't know if a lot of people remember Chucky Keaton, but he was there for like 10 years, it felt like, because he kept getting injured, and then he'd have a random redshirt pop up. I, I never understood what was going on with Chucky Keaton, but he played at Utah State for freaking ever. That's kind of what's going on with Adrian Martinez, who is still somehow the unchallenged starter at Nebraska. They let the good quarterback and McCaffrey go. I don't know what their quarterback situation past Martinez is. Now, I won't, I won't take this away from him. He is a good athlete. He stinks as a quarterback, <laughs> at least at Nebraska. Oh, man. Scott Frost. And there, there's the whole yeah, the FBI investigations or over-practicing thing. I saw this on Twitter. It was like ESPN drops as investigation. There's, quote, no way they've been practicing in the NCAA. This is a team that has been challenged by over-practicing, and they went out against Illinois with their backup quarterback after Brandon Peters hurt his shoulder and got torched. Arthur Sitkowski torched Nebraska. Torched them. Two touchdowns, 124 yards, three incompletions on the day. Oh my god, it was freaking awesome. The first points of college football season were a safety and where Nebraska's punt returner, for some reason, picked up the ball at the one-yard line and then got tackled and decided, you know what, I'm going to just chuck it out of the end zone, which is an illegal forward pass and in the end zone results in a freaking safety. So the first points of college football in 2021 was a Nebraska safety. That is the greatest way a college football season could start. Now, I guess technically his knee was down in the end zone anyways before he threw it, but I still think it's funny watching him just hurl the ball forward. And I, it, it was kind of fun watching Adrian Martinez, like the 18th year junior, playing with Oliver Martin in his 15th transfer, playing for Nebraska and losing to Illinois. That was pretty awesome. And Illinois' quarterbacks, Brandon Peters and Arthur Sikowski, are both transfers in their own right. Sikowski transferred from Rutgers. Peters obviously transferred from Michigan. <laughs> in Illinois... Is the best team in college football right now. And there was some guy wearing a black shirts t-shirt from the Nebraska fans. And my dad sitting there is like, put the black shirt t-shirt away. You guys haven't had black shirts in freaking years. Like, any, you can be an Iowa fan. You can be an Iowa State fan. You might hate and despise each other. But you know what? There's nothing greater than the love of Nebraska football. <laughs> the love for it. It is awesome. 22 to 30, Nebraska loses to Illinois. 22 to 30. What a fantastic fantastic day. Saturday 
started off pretty damn good. <laughs> the weekend started on Friday with Ronaldo announcing he's going to Manchester United, or Manchester United announcing they signed Ronaldo, and then Saturday starts with Nebraska beating Illinois. And then also on Saturday, Josh Allen reminded everybody that, hey, you know what? I may not have played the first two preseason games. I'm still a very good quarterback. Very good. His first drive was 11 for 12 with a passing touchdown. Josh Allen reminded everybody, hey, I'm still pretty good. Now, I get it was preseason. I'm not going to get too hyped about it. They bl- The NFL Network, for some reason, blacked out the Bills-Packers game. It was in Buffalo. And then I tried to watch the uh, Bears versus who the Bears played. I can't remember who the Bears played because that was blacked out as well, so I couldn't watch that game either. So I don't know what was going on with the NFL Network in regards to games, but I could watch the NFL Top 100 Players Reveal. And it was the top 10 players on the 2021 list. And I'm, I'm going to sound biased, but Josh Allen at 10 is a little low. I get he raised 77 spots to from 87 to 10, but that still seems very low for how amazing of a season he had last year. Like, he is the only quarterback with 4,500-plus passing yards, 35-plus pass touchdowns, and 5-plus rush touchdowns, not just in, like, the past five years or the past 10 years. In NFL history, he's the only quarterback to do that. And we're only putting him at number 10? How? And what did... How... I I get Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. But what did he do last year to Warner a number one ranking? What did he do? Because it was supposed to be the top 100 players of 2021. Rodgers won the MVP. Brady won the Super Bowl. Josh had more MVP votes than him. What the hell did Patrick Mahomes do in 2021 to be ranked number one? What did Rodgers do to get ranked third? I get Aaron Donald. That is, I get that. Aaron Donald was the defensive player of the year, and he's the best overall player in the NFL. Everybody is scared of Aaron Donald. Everybody. Doesn't matter how th- tough you think you are, you are scared of Aaron Donald. It's like the, the rainbow thing. The dude's like, I'm not that thug to know what a beautiful rainbow is. That you don't matter how thug you are, you're scared of Aaron Donald. Most people are. It's okay. You can accept that. But what did Patrick do in 2021? to be ranked number one. Lost the Super Bowl. Didn't win the MVP. Had less votes than the guy who was ranked, what, fourth out of the quarterbacks? And he was also rated a 99 overall in Madden. Brady won the Super Bowl MVP too. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm confused. Now, I'm, on one hand, I'm confused, I guess I should say. On the other hand, I'm not really that confused. Because he's the NFL's golden child. I don't... I find it hard to believe that going off of just last season, Patrick Mahomes is the number one ranked player in the NFL. I get in previous years, but this isn't previous year's top 100. This is the 2021 top 100. Josh Allen at 10, when he posted one of the greatest seasons in NFL history, was at number 10. And T.J. Watt at number nine, like eight spots or seven spots between him and Aaron Donald. T.J. Watt had a, a as good, if not some would say, better year than Aaron Donald. Fifteen sacks led the NFL. Seven spots below Aaron Donald. Now I agree, Aaron Donald should be always number one or two. But over T.J. Watt should be higher than that as well, right? Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. Devontae Adams was a top 10 player. Finished 5th in the NFL in receiving yards. Why? I'm not saying he's not a great player. I know he finished top in the NFL in touchdowns for receivers. But what? Why? I'm confused with this top 100 list. I know it's the players, but I don't... I'm always interested to know... How much has changed or how much is viewed from the NFL's perspective, I guess? Do you, I, don't, I don't know if it's the same thing the entire time. Like, Devontae Adams at six. Why are Josh and TJ Watt so low? Brady should be higher. Mahomes should be down. 
Kelsey, Henry, I'm fine where they are. But realistically, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, and DeAndre Hopkins can drop down a tiny bit. Okay, they can drop down a tiny bit. You can't be over 100 yards less, have under 100 yards less than the guy who ranked 11th on the top 100 list and have less touchdowns than him and be ranked in the top 10 while the other dude's ranked 11th. DeAndre Hopkins had less yards and less touchdowns, but he averaged one more yards per reception than Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had 12.1 yards. DeAndre Hopkins had 12.2. Why, why is he so much higher than Stephon Diggs? Like DeAndre Hopkins ranked 8th. He's three spots above Stephon Diggs. When Stephon Diggs had more, <laughs> more catches, more yards, and more touchdowns. The only thing DeAndre Hopkins had more of was yards per catch, and that was .1. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. (laughs) He also had three fumbles. Devon Diggs never fumbled. (laughs) I don't understand this top 100s list. I'm frustrated with it because these are very weird rankings. I get DeAndre Hopkins is a great wide receiver. He's not three spots better than Stephon Diggs because this is a top 100 players of 2021. And people get frustrated with like Michael Thomas still being in the list and he did nothing last year. Why is this on here then? Why is nobody really frustrated with this? I don't... If we're just talking about like statistical years, Josh Allen was the second best voted quarterback in the NFL. He came second in the MVP voting. How is he the fourth best quarterback on this list and ranked only 10th? I'm not saying he should be ranked number one. But I'm, he's definitely not the 10th. DeAndre Hopkins shouldn't be three spots higher than he finished every statistical category apart from yards per catch than at number three spots above that. Devontae Adams had more touchdowns than Diggs, but had like 200 yards less receiving. Like, I... I don't understand. <laughs> yards, less yards per average, average yards per catch as well, less. So the only thing he had more than just Von Diggs was touchdowns. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. You can call me biased. I don't care. I try not to be biased on this show, but that might be a biased take. This top 10 is screwed up. <laughs> this is not a good top 10. I'm fine with the players in the top 10, but... Are we going more on reputation or are we going off what they actually did in 2021? Is that what... Because Tom Brady's going to be skewed because he won the Super Bowl. And we're talking about regular season, Tom Brady's not in there. But since he won the Super Bowl, he's going to be in the top 10. That's fine. But Mahomes did not play better than Josh or Rodgers. The only time Mahomes played better than Josh was in the AFC Championship game. Rodgers won the MVP. Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, great years. I'm not taking anything away from those guys. Travis Kelsey finished second in the receiving yards. What, like the, however many years, a thousand yards receiving for a tight end in NFL history, like the great one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Derrick Henry, back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. Stiff-armed to the shit ton of people again. Aaron Donald, still Aaron Donald. But, really? Like, if I'm looking at this top 10 right now, if I'm basing it, like the list says it does, uh, 2021... We're going probably DeAndre Hopkins at 10. If we're ju- judging the Super Bowl, Brady at 8, or Brady at 9, Devontae Adams at 8, TJ Watt at 7. Then we've got Kelsey 6. Then fine. No. Henry, Henry 5, Mahomes 4, Josh 3, Donald 2, Rodgers 1. That's what we're ranking this off of. If we're going off just last year and going off individual awards and stuff like that, because if you want to do, like, Mahomes in every category was below Brady Rodgers and Josh Allen, apart from, like, statistical stuff, which I think he might not even have been better. Okay, he had more passing yards than Rodgers and Allen and Brady. So are we just going off passing yards because we're going off the MVPs? Stuff like that. The Super Bowl. Rodgers and Brady should technically be higher. Brady, 
skewed again, obviously because of the Super Bowl. Because if we're just going off statistical stuff from the regular season, Brady third passing yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. This is screwed around for me. For someone that, for Devontae Adams and <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins for only leading two statistical categories over Stephon Diggs when he leads you in every other category. DeAndre Hopkins is .1 yard separating them. How can you look at that and go, hmm, DeAndre Hopkins had a better 2021 than Stephon Diggs did? 18 touchdowns, damn impressive. That's more impressive than .1 receiving yards average more. <laughs> I can stomach the idea of Devontae Adams being above him. Hopkins, no. Hopkins, not at all. But yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the NFL top 100 list. I agree with Trade Avius White. I mean, biasly, I would say Josh was the best player in the NFL because I think he should have won the MVP. But if we're going off of what last year actually was, like factually was, then Mahomes shouldn't be number one. If we're being honest here, Mahomes should not be number one. Uh, that, the, the top 100 list gets people upset more often than not every single year just because there's something there. And I know it says... Voted by the players, I don't necessarily... I find it hard to believe the players would vote Patrick Mahomes number one based off just 2021. If we're talking about best quarterback, fine. But based off 2021, same thing with Madden. What did he do to deserve a 99 overall rating in Madden? Like you know the other 99s? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to take a sip of water. This is a very angry show. I didn't think it was going to be the same. <laughs> but other news, speaking on the topic of quarterbacks, we have more starters announced. We already said I think Trevor Lawrence was starting for Jacksonville, pretty unsurprising. But his backup, Gardner Minshew, was just traded to Philadelphia for, I think, a sixth-round pick? I think that's what it was for. So that makes Philadelphia's quarterback quandary very interesting. Very interesting debate up there in Philadelphia because we already seen Nick Sirianni has been very hesitant to name a starting quarterback, whether it be Joe Flacco or whether it be Jalen Hurts. Unless I've missed it, I don't know who's the starting quarterback in Philly. I think they were the only team that have really nailed down or haven't nailed down a starting quarterback going into the season. So you look at all the rosters in the NFL. I think that's the only one that doesn't have a guaranteed, I guess, Washington. But I think most people assume Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start there at Washington. Saints just named Jameis a starter, which was rightfully so. He's a lot better of a quarterback than Taysom Hill is. Taysom Hill's a better athlete. Quarterback, Jameis Winston is better. But the one that's kind of circulating a little bit recently, this got brought up again. I remember my dad told me about this. And this is old news. We've talked about this before. But the Panthers and the Dolphins are trying to figure out Deshaun Watson's thing. Or trying to put their faces back or poke their nose back in to see if Sean Watson's still available for trade. This is old news. I mean, we talked about it back in the spring and part of the winter. Sean Watson getting traded to either Carolina or Miami. Or the Jets. Those were also mentioned up there. The Jets drafted Zach Wilson. So that's not happening. Okay. They aren't going to trade Deshaun Watson right now. Got a quarterback they like that is going to start week one. Guaranteed. We don't know if Deshaun Watson... It's not only going to start week one, or if he'll ever play again. We don't know what the whole situation around Deshaun Watson is. But with the Jets, or the Panthers, and the Dolphins, it's kind of funny how time changes things. In 2018, Sam Darnold was the can't-miss quarterback in the draft. Prior to the 2020 draft, before Tua got hurt, it was tank for Tua. And then now both of them have question marks over their future. And Sam Darnold, talent-wise, there. Everybody likes Sam Darnold. He's a very nice guy. But if you can get Deshaun Watson, you you do that, right? <laughs> you would take Deshaun Watson. Like, even going up to the draft, there were talks with moving for Justin Fields, and they were even talking about it doesn't matter if they got Sam Darnold, they're going to evaluate Deshaun Watson's situation. Miami has been very vocal, at least from the players and coaching staff side, they're not 100% committed to Tua. Yeah, we talked about this during the fall when Brian Flores was getting bashed for the 2S situation. Like, oh, he can't choose a starting quarterback. 
He didn't want to start Tua. He wanted Fitzpatrick. The front office, Chris Greer and owners and stuff, told him to start Tua because they just had him pick him at number five. They want to start him. Brian Flores wants to win football games. If he feels Tua is not going to do that, he'll put a quarterback in that will do that, or he feels will do that, and that's where we had the closer situation for the Miami Dolphins last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in sometime in the second half to try and close out a game and get a victory for the Dolphins. That's the situation we had. If Tua is nothing more than a game manager this year, they will move for Deshaun Watson. Right now, I don't think that's happening because no one knows what's going on with Deshaun. The Texans are a mess of an organization right now, and I feel bad for Tyra Taylor. I feel bad for David Coley. I feel bad for every player in that organization. Screw the front office. Screw the owner. That's pretty much all I got to say about the Texans as a team right now. But Sean Watson, do I think he gets traded? Yeah. Is it to the Dolphins or Panthers? Possibly. Will it be this year? Probably not. I mean, I did hear they wanted some protected picks just in case Deshaun Watson gets arrested. So, or inevitably suspended. I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't get suspended after this, even if it's not real. Like, you look at some of the other cases the NFL's had over the years, and they've been a little wishy-washy, to say it lightly, in regards to suspensions of players and how they handle those types of situations. But, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Deshaun. Never talked to him. Don't know what the situation is. He seems pretty unfazed by that, which could be a good thing or a really bad thing. If he's unfazed by this and it's a bad thing, ooh, he might not be as good of a person as we think he is, and he's being all fine about it. Could be kind of a psychopath. (laughs) But if he's not worried about it, and he knows there's nothing to worry about, then that's fine. So I don't know what the situation is. It's a very shady situation right now, a really sticky situation. And Carolina with Darnold, Miami with Tua, two quarterbacks. I mean, Tua's had a normal rookie year, but there's expectations again now for rookie quarterbacks, especially when you're drafted the same year as two guys that were going to go off. I mean, you had one guy go off, the other one got hurt, but was going to go off before he got hurt. Expectations change a little bit. (laughs) Change a little bit. Yeah, Tua... Darnold. No, if I had to choose one that was most likely to get traded, it'd be Tua. I mean, Brian Flores and players have been very non-committal to Tua Tagovailoa over this past year. We've talked about the newspaper articles from Miami Herald, the players, the, the um, what is it called? The, I'm trying to think of what it's called. The unnamed players or whatever, like, you know, the unnamed AFC scout says this, like that where they don't know if they like Tua or trust him as a quarterback. They didn't think he was ready when he was starting. Brian Flores walked in and said, Tua's starting. Not a situation that he holds. It's like Wade Phillips starting Rob Johnson in the playoff game against the Titans in 99. He didn't choose Rob Johnson. That was Ralph Wilson, because they had a big investment in Rob Johnson. They haven't really seen anything of it, and he played well in a meaningless game against the Indianapolis Colts, and they lost to the, the Tennessee Titans on the Music City Miracle. You know, the greatest play. Yeah. My dad doesn't like to talk about it that much. Doesn't like to talk about it. Oh, man. There's a lot of crap going around the NFL right now. And I'm trying to keep this show a little bit shorter. My throat's a little itchy right now. And my, my allergies have been garbage right now. I think it has something to do with... So, I'm partially, like very partially, allergic to dogs. And my Rottweiler bear sheds a lot. And he came in my room. So for those of you who don't know, I moved into the basement of my parents' house. Very upgrade in life, I guess. Bear comes in every once in a while and hangs out. But this past week, he had an ear infection. So he was shaking his head all over the place. And was just shaking uncontrollably and just dropping clumps of hair around everywhere. So you got hair just floating around my room. So my eyes are all watery and itchy all the time. And my throat's kind of itchy as well. So I'm going to try and keep this shorter. But... I'd like to close it off with this. I did do the broadcast for the Johnson football game on Friday. And I thank you all to whoever listened to that. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to Cole and 1250 Cruising KCFI for allowing me to do that because that was a lot of fun. 105.1 FM Cruising KCFI. Loved every second of it. It was my first time ever doing a play-by-play for anything. I was just doing color commentary. And it was just a lot of fun. I'll look back at that with a lot of... Joy, I was nervous the day before 
And I was nervous the day of. And then when I got to the stadium, I wasn't nervous anymore because I've done this long enough now to know that I'm good at it. I I shouldn't be nervous. There's no reason I really should be nervous going into this thing because I've done it and I can do it. What's the difference of me doing a live broadcast like that and me doing this? It's still going to get listened to some people out there. I've done live radio before. I know the game of football. I've played it my entire life. I know how to scout the game. I just did a top 50 players list for the NFL draft, so you can go look at that on social media if you'd feel obliged to. Someone commented on it and said it was a very good list. I appreciated that. But yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of, lot of, lot of fun. Just treated it like it was... Like I was teaching someone that never played it before. I was telling them what the quarterbacks were looking at when they're different reads. Johnson ended up beating Cedar Falls in that game, 28-22. A lot of fun. Later game than expected, but some things out of control for there on my... We couldn't... There were some bigger issues, I guess I'll call it, that took priority over the game starting on time. So we were there a little bit longer than what I was expecting, but still a lot of fun. So with that being said, I'm going to end the show here. Keep it shorter. We'll come back to you on Wednesday with another Logan Blackman show. Hopefully better than today and not as angry as it was today. But I, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. We'll get an NFL preview out here for you in a very short time. I'll get the video filmed and stuff like that. September 9th is opening day in the NFL. So that's very exciting. We had a bunch of college football action on Saturday. We had UCLA beating Hawaii this Saturday as well. Dorian Thompson-Robinson did not have the greatest game ever in the history of college football. Still one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in college football when he's on. But Zach Charbonnet for UCLA, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. That's good stuff. Dorian Thompson-Robinson went 10 of 20 for 130 yards and a touchdown in the game as well. Also had 16 yards on the ground, but killed Hawaii 44 to 10 was the final in that one. And then we also had some other games going around in college football. We obviously talked about Nebraska losing to Illinois. Fresno State beat UConn 45 to nothing. UConn just stinks. Utah beat New Mexico State 30 to 3. And San Jose State beat Southern Utah 45 to 14. William Penn also lost this week to Benedictine, but hopefully they will bounce back next week. So, with that being said, that's all I've got for you today on this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, I apologize. Go and follow me on all forms of social media. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go and follow or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts, the Logan Blackman Show, to search it should pop up. I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you guys next time. Peace.